Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm here with Julie Wright, and we're going to be talking about how kindness affects your mental health. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and author of the Chair Yoga Pocket Guide. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Julie Wright, and Julie began writing her first book when she was 15. Since then, she's written 26 novels. She's a two-time winner of the Whitney Award for Best Romance with her books, Cross My Heart and Lies Jane Austen Told Me and was a finalist for Death Thieves. Twice, the America Library Association listed her books in their top 10 best romances. She has one husband, five kids, two grandbabies, one dog, and a variety amount, a varying amount of houseplants. She loves writing, reading, traveling, hiking, playing with her kids, and watching her husband make dinner. I love that. Welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thank you. It was actually when my husband and I, we started dating when I was 15. So all of my major decisions in life were when I was 15 years old. I decided I was going to be a writer. I decided I was going to marry this guy. And what solidified that whole marriage decision was I looked at him one day and I said, you cook? And he said, of course I do. I'm like, I think we should get married. And that was pretty much it for me because I love to eat. That's my favorite. So, <laughs> That's your love mean, language. Let's do this. <laughs> And you have a new book that was just released August 1st, and it is your it is a new young adult novel called Swimming in a Sea of Stars. And that is your newest book. Is does that make it 26 or 27? That will be 20. Well, these are books that I've written. Not all of those 26 are published. So ah. So this will be my 17th published book, but it is my and it's actually my 23rd written book because I've written three books since then. So, but the wheels of publication turn yeah. slowly. So yes. here's the cover yes. if anybody wants to see. Beautiful. Well, I'm so excited to have you here and talking about kindness and um, just how, uh, so the subtitle of your book is. Well, the, the, it is a single kindness can save a life. Yes. That is yes. the kind of tagline I guess yeah and I think it's such a powerful statement because I think sometimes it's overlooked um just how being kind can make someone's day it can make a difference in someone's day just a simple act of kindness and I know I try to just always be really kind um you know when you go out to eat or you're at a store and especially post-pandemic like I feel like our service industry folks have been treated so poorly and most of it is not their fault right like when the to- when the store's out of something like toilet paper right um it's not their fault it's, it's the supply chain and people blame them and uh, just simply being kind and I know there was days when I was you know there was instances when I would say something like oh no problem but thank you so much for checking and they'd be like 
thank you for being so nice about it. And you're like, that should just be the norm. Like yes, where you can tell the way they thank you for being so patient no. with them. Clearly they've had a day. Yeah. Yep. And that that just just being kind. Like that should just be our norm. And somehow I, I, we've just gotten to where it is not. Um yes. and I witness it every day when I go out in public. Like it it, it has shifted. Um and it's not pretty. It is not pretty, especially post-pandemic. Um, mm. I find that I think we've lost, especially post-pandemic, we're dealing with, and you would think, we're, we're how many years out of this are we? And yet, I still feel like we're in the middle of it. My uh, my grandson, he's, he's he just turned four. And I watch him now when he goes, we do little play dates with him. We watch them frequently. And we take him out and let him go to the park or what have you. And it's interesting how he is a little socially awkward in a way that a small child shouldn't be. Those pandemic babies where they were in lockdown for like a good majority of their lives. And now they're trying to navigate. How do I interact Mm -hmm. with other humans? It will be interesting to see that generation when they reach teenage years and adult years how adjusted they're I am fascinated by that I don't know how it's going to work but I am I'm yeah. interested yeah yeah have such a hard time with, mm-hmm. I don't know patience right now yeah and so I mean tell us a little bit your your thoughts on just kindness and how it can just help with mental health like your mental health and those around you Okay. Uh, so for me, I have multiple sclerosis. And what that means is I have a very broken, literally broken brain. Um, I suffer from a lot of brain damage because I have 32 lesions hanging out on my frontal lobe alone. And it alters my personality a little bit. It alters a lot of my mood and my depression is a real issue. And part of why I wrote this book, I've always dealt with depression. I've always had anxiety, which is it's a little uncomfortable to talk about now because it's something I haven't talked about my whole life. And then I decided I'm going to write about this. Right. And now I have to talk about it because I wrote about it. So it's it's a little scary. But at the same time, I think it's important. I think it's important we discuss mental health issues and absolutely about what's going on with people and how it's all how it all forms together. But um I find that specifically when I'm I'm in the dark. And I get there a lot, especially during the month of May. And I don't, you know, you hear about seasonal, seasonal depression, the depression, Mm -hmm. sad, um, affective disorder. Wow. That was hard to come up with seasonal affective disorder. Uh, And it usually happens in the winter time, but for me, it's always the month of May and I never understood it, never understood why, but I found that little kindnesses saved me. So when I got diagnosed with MS, um, it was it was hard. It was a hard thing to recognize that I I had this goal of what my life was going to be like and anyway, I was going to be here and then I'm going to get here and this is how I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden there's this huge roadblock in my way and I couldn't see past the roadblock and it affected my mental health in a scary 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 way. And one day I was leaving the doctor's office and I got into the elevator And I pushed the down button and I just burst into tears and I'm sitting there sobbing. Well, instead of going all the way down to the bottom floor, 
and letting me out into my parking lot where I could go cry by myself in the car, I somebody got in on the floor just below mine. So we were going to hang out together for a while while the <laughs> elevator made its way down. It was not a fast elevator. <clears throat> and I'm trying to wipe up and look over here in the corner so that nobody could see that I was I was crying because that's so awkward. And this woman, she just openly staring at me, which was very uncomfortable. And finally, she says, are you OK? And I said, I'm fine. You know, like the F word. Fine. Right. This is, right. This is what this is. The F word. Fine. And um, I'm like, I'm fine. And she says, come here. And she opened up her arms and stepped over to me and just wrapped me up in this huge hug. And she said, I don't know what's going on with you, but whatever it is, you're going to be okay. And it was like she had fed me energy and she gave me hope and strength to move on because I was I was in a dark, dark place. And here this perfect stranger comes in and she's like, you're going to be okay. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be fine. And it, I went home. Instead of going back to my car and just crying for hours, I went home and I looked at that roadblock and realized, you know, yeah, this road here is closed, but that doesn't mean there's not a detour, right? There's yeah. there's a way around this. And because she did that and gave me just a little bit of her strength, and that's what I believe in Embrace is, it is an exchange of energy where the giver loses nothing, but the receiver gains everything. It's just this beautiful exchange of energy. And that's what she did is she loaned me her strength. And I went home and I realized, okay, there's got to be a detour. I can still get where I want to go. It's just this particular road is closed and that's okay. I just take a different road. It doesn't mean I can't get to my place. And her kindness really did save my life. There have been lots of instances like that where, where people have helped me a lot with my life and in general. And so, yeah, I just, I believe that a little kindness of stepping outside yourself and looking at the needs of others, recognizing, okay, there's this woman crying in an elevator. What can I do about that? And Maybe you can't do much, but you can be kind to that person. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I worked in food service for many years. I was a waitress for, gosh, probably half my life. Um, and just, you know, the variation of customers you get in a restaurant and the ones who go out of their way to just be so nice, like, please, and thank you. And thank you so much. And I'm so sorry. I don't mean to bother you. Can I please get another napkin? Right? Like it's not, it's not urgent. It's just like, when you have a chance, bring me a napkin. And, and those are the customers that you like go above and beyond for. Right. And then your other table is like screaming at you for something. And it's just, you know, that kindness just goes such a long way. Um, and like you said, it doesn't cost you anything but it can mean so much to the person receiving it i absolutely agree so kind of in a a similar vein to my experience in the elevator was shortly after i was in an airport we were heading to europe i think on that time so we we'd had a major flight delay we decided to go get food we were running late now and but i needed to stop at the restroom ms yay so much fun at home <laughs> No, anyway, so I'm running to the bathroom really fast. I'm like, we can make our flight. We'll be fine. I get in there and there is a woman crying in the corner. 
she there's like a little weird stone bench in this corner and she's crying and I'm washing my hands and I'm like I could leave I have to leave I am going to miss my flight and I'm meeting people in in on the other side of this flight and I can't afford to miss it and my husband will be furious and yet how can I in good conscience leave this poor person sobbing in a bathroom by herself so I went over and I asked her are you okay and she's like I'm fine. She did the whole right. I'm fine. And I'm like, you're not fine. I'm like, is it? I can't do much. I can't do a lot for you. But is it okay if I give you a hug? And she stood up and she said, I would really like that. And so I just sat there and I held her for several moments. And then remembering what that lady in the elevator told me, I paid that forward and I gave her the same thing. I don't know what's going on with you, but you're going to be okay. And then I squeezed her a little extra tight, told her that she is strong and she can she can do hard things and that she'll be great. And and then I ran because then I really <laughs> ran because I was going to miss my flight. So it was several years later. I don't know if you've ever read Post Secret. It's a website. Mm-mm. It is my guilty pleasure. I love Post Secret. It is where people anonymously send their secrets on a postcard to this guy named Frank. Frank Warren, I think is his last name. And I go faithfully every Sunday. He puts up new secrets every Sunday, except this last Sunday. I think he's unwell and that's why he didn't do it. But um, it's just humanity. It's the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, the ridiculous, the tragic, the everything. It's just humanity in a postcard is basically what it is. But a few years after this whole incident in the airport, there was a post secret that posted that said, dear stranger, you saw me crying in the bathroom at the airport. You have no idea, but you saved my life that day. Thank you. And I sat there because I read Post Secret faithfully every week. I love it. It is the thing that I do. And here I am reading this thing. And I don't know, maybe there was some other person crying in a bathroom. I don't know. But it struck me hardcore that yeah. what if what if this message is from that girl to yeah. me? And, and if not, how amazing it was that there was somebody else who saw a thing and stopped to do a thing. So I thought it was pretty special. It was a very cool thing. So kindnesses matter. Taking yeah. the time to see people matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. Like you said, it might not have been her, but it very well could have been her. And just knowing the impact. And it really cost you nothing. I mean, it cost you like an extra minute of running through the airport. Um, And like you said, you could have just walked out of there and ignored it, but you didn't. And that made a difference for her. It really, it was an amazing experience. So, and it was that moment in the elevator, that woman could have ignored me. It Mm -hmm. would I I made a very awkward ride in the elevator and she could have just stared at the ceiling and prayed for those numbers to scroll down to main level and hurried and got off so that she didn't have to handle me, but she didn't. She, she was beautiful about the whole thing. And she gave me that, that strength to move on. And it really did for my personal mental health. It helped a lot because it, some stranger said I was going to be okay. Well, all right, I'm going to be okay yep. then. And and I am, and I'm grateful for that. So I, I'm super, so if you're out there, random stranger, and you have to go <laughs> in the elevator, thank you. I am saying thank you. You saved me. 
Have you written in a postcard? I have not. I have secrets, but they're staying in my head for right now. (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about your inspiration for writing Swimming in a Sea of Stars. So for me, I wrote this book because I, like I said, I, I have had depression pretty much my whole life. I had a situation when I was a young woman that was a little scary. And um, I dealt a lot with suicidal ideation and the thought of, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm tired. And I would daydream about not being on the planet anymore. I would daydream about, I envied people under headstones. I would go to the cemetery on Memorial Day and I envied them because they didn't have to, they weren't fighting anymore. And that felt so fantastic to me. And um, it was a random phone call on a very, very dark day from, again, somebody I'd never met before, but it was um, a person from my church, actually. And we were not religious. We weren't a religious family. And uh, this but my name happened to be on the rolls of this particular congregation and this woman, and it was my birthday. And so this woman seeing my name on her roll, she just didn't let me fall through the cracks and she could have, it would have been easy to do because there was nothing about my family that says, Hey, we're interested because we weren't, but she called me at the exact right moment, startling me out of my stupor. I was ready to go. I, I had a plan. and. The phone was the phone ringing was just startling enough that I, it's almost trance-like. That's all I can describe it as. And I answered the phone, and she's like, "Hi, Julie. This is Sister Moffat from the ward. Um, I know you're having a hard time right now. I'll be by to pick you up in five minutes. Please put on a dress." I don't know this woman. I didn't even own a dress. That was I. I had one from like the third grade choir performance. So, I mean, that was the only, so it was way too short to be church appropriate, but that was all I had. So that was what I wore, but it was, uh, and I went and felt peace and thought, well, I could go home and continue with my plan because I had a plan or I could come back next week and see what happens. And for me, that was, that was a saving thing for me and just finding value and whatever in that in that situation was good for me but later on I lost a friend to suicide and that was gosh a long time ago it's like 36 years ago and I have a 36 year old hole in my heart that I'm never gonna quite get over because he's gone and and I'm just broken up over it. Anyway, so as I realized that suicide was becoming a bigger problem, I wanted to write a book that was personal, that kind of told my own story without getting too personal. So my story's not really in there, but there's a lot of I know what I'm talking about in there because it it is, but it isn't. I, my you know, people always like they're like, so were you beat as a young adult? No, I've never been abused. I've never, you know, those problems are not my problems. I just did really good research. But um, it, I feel that youth specifically, especially coming out of the pandemic, we're dealing mm-hmm. with youth who are looking for an exit strategy. Instead of, 
I'm, I'm 51 years old now. I'm, I'm an old person. And I look back on my life and I think how glad I am. I didn't take my exit strategy because I would have missed great stuff. And so my hope in writing this book was to give youth a, a reason to stay a reason to to decide that they're going to give life a chance to see what because yeah it might be dark right now it might be bad right now but it's not going to stay bad not forever and mm-hmm. if you stick around while it's bad you're going to be around when it gets good again and it is going to get good again and so that was my hope in writing it and just to show that we need each other to be patient with one another to to just be nice. I mean, because you don't know what people are going through. Even like popular kids, you know, you look at the 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 the, the famous or the popular or whatever, because I have a couple of those in my story. But you go home and you're in their home life. You don't know what's going on in their real life. You think, oh, they've got it all together and I can right. hate them without prejudice and it's fine. I'm allowed mm-hmm. to hate them because they've got everything. You know, you don't know what's going on in their life. So maybe offer them a little bit of compassion and a little kindness and see where that gets you. And so my goal in writing the book was to show that it's okay to stay and see see what comes next. Because there are beautiful things. There's gorgeous sunsets and amazing rainstorms and hiking. And you can tell I love nature. Let's talk about all the nature things. But there's good food to eat. I mean, there's jelly-filled donuts out there, guys. There's good stuff out there in the world. (laughs) What are we looking for? And and to see the beautiful, to find the good. Mm, I love that. What, What a beautiful message. And you know, it's, it's true. Like when we hit that darkness, um, we don't have to stay there and it's not always going to be like that. So yeah, what a beautiful message. Um, well, Julie, tell us a little bit about what, where we can find your books so we can find them on your website, which is juliewright.com. And wherever you're listening, there is, um, a clickable link in the show notes so you can click through. Um, so tell us a little bit about what we can find on your website. Um, on my website, there's a lot of, uh, I have a whole writing advice section because awesome. I do a lot of writing conferences and I teach young writers. I actually, uh, there's a writing conference for young adults called Teen Author Bootcamp. It is the most amazing writers conference out there. So I, I do a lot of mentoring for young writers and so there's a lot of writing advice on there. There's just uh, book information. There's just, it, it'll, you can go to my various social media things or they'll auto, they auto post up there. I am not great at um, updating social media. It's not <laughs> something I'm, it's not a skill I have yet perfected or even gotten a C on. I'm I'm more at the F minus part of that, but I'm working on it. But it's just basically it's writing advice and just kind of everyday slice of life. That's what you'll find on my website. Wonderful. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for taking the time to be here and just share your story with our listeners. I am happy to. And thank you for all that you do. You are 
an amazing person. You kind of, you're a scatter sunshine personality. I've been Aww. stalking you online for a while now and it's like, you are, just, <laughs> you are very cool and you do a lot of really good things in the world. So, and anybody who hasn't done chair yoga, oh my gosh, you should totally do chair uh-huh. yoga. It's awesome. So I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> what, and what did you say? Scatter sunshine. I love that. That's <laughs> I'm going to use that. I like it. (laughs) Well, Julie, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to help others on their wellness journey discover this podcast. Also head on over to mnyogalife.com and join our email list to stay in the know of upcoming events, uh, local happenings, and the Minnesota Yoga Conference, and so much more. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next episode.